0: Is an Odyssey original.
1: This is KNX in Depth. I'm Rob Archer.
2: And I'm Charles Feldman. As tempting as it might be to blame the airlines, this time it just wasn't their fault. An FAA computer system, it failed, led to a temporary ground stoppage of planes from coast to coast. First time that's happened since 9 11. We'll go in-depth into why it happened and whether it could happen again. Grandma, Grandpa, finding out pot, weed, isn't what it used to be. We'll explain. And the Golden Globes, they make a return, but maybe it wasn't such a triumphant one.
1: The next winner of the Mega Millions Prize will probably take home the fourth largest jackpot in U.S. history. This comes just a couple of months after the biggest lottery jackpot ever here. We'll go in depth on why we're seeing so many massive jackpots now and if uh, you really have a good chance at winning. Wordle is as popular as ever. It might get even harder soon, though. We'll talk to the person in charge of the
3: game.
2: We start, though, with the computer mess this morning with the FAA. Michael Drycorn is principal partner in the aviation security firm ASD Experts. He's also a former assistant manager in the Airworthiness Division of the FAA. Michael, thanks for being with us. Oh, my pleasure. So, as I said, uh, as tempting as it might be for frustrated passengers, can't blame United or North uh, uh, Northwest or Northeast or, you know, Southwest or Delta or you name the airline. You can't blame them. It's the FAA's computer system. What was it? Do we know what went wrong and why couldn't they get the planes in the air because of it?
0: Yeah, I, so we, we don't know yet. And, and yeah, uh, you know, that's that will be interesting to find out uh, what the FAA will share with us uh, relative to the uh, the failure Uh, But you're very, very correct. I mean, we can't blame the airlines because um, this is just a question of safety. Uh, The NOTAM system, uh, which is the notice to airmen system, essentially uh, uh, notifies the pilots prior to takeoff, you know, when they're still in their planning phase, uh, of any hazards or potential hazards uh, en route uh, or upon landing. Uh, You know, imagine an airport is undergoing construction. Uh, It would be kind of helpful to know that there's a crane out on the runway.
1: So uh, we keep hearing about antiquated uh, computer systems. What would it take, if that is the the real crux of the problem here, what would it take to upgrade all of these?
0: I'm not so sure that this is uh, based on old technology as much as it might be the integration of new technology. Um, The FAA has been undergoing a major uh, renovation of its uh, NOTAM system. Uh, its entire flight data management system, uh, it's consolidated everything into a major uh, data set. Uh, so it, it could be that it's new technology with a little bit of a uh, hang up uh, huh. that's causing issue.
2: So it's it's a sort of damned if you do, damned if you don't scenario. The old system wasn't working well. The new system, trying to integrate it with the old, might be not working so well. Either. But are we so sure that there wasn't a hack responsible uh-huh. because the White House said uh, initially that it doesn't think so. But do we know?
0: Yeah, I mean, just that response puts me uh, on edge a little bit. Um, you, know, you either know or you don't know. And and when the White House and the Department of Transportation come out and say, well, there's no evidence to point to it, that that's not really, you know, uh, a, a strong uh, affirmative saying, no, we're, we're okay. So um, it, it's certainly one of the variables that's still on the table. And even if that did happen, I'm not sure that we'd find out about it.
1: You think they would uh, keep it a secret?
0: Uh, well, I mean, in, in the interest of national security, a lot of things are not shared with the public.
2: Yeah, but but this is the kind of thing that's hard to ignore when when airplanes from coast to coast couldn't get off the ground. You have to explain something, and the public is only so gullible, I suspect.
0: Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely correct. And the question is, will the, will the public demand a response? Um, so uh, we're also hearing out of, out of Congress and Senate that they're demanding an investigation in this. If that does incur, uh, actually occur, there might be some public uh, visibility to this and some transparency. But if it stays within the agency, that transparency is not guaranteed
2: since you're a, an aviation security uh, expert what's your kind of i don't know do you have a sort of a meter that's going off that's saying ah eh, this sounds kind of
1: suspicious what's your me? gut telling you yeah
0: yeah no i mean my gut i mean it's, it, it goes a couple of different directions one is that it's a a fupa and the, and the rollout of a a new data system um that that's one direction and then the other one is hey yeah it could have been a hack um, we, we there's a lot of unfriendly players out there right now that have us in their target.
1: And infrastructure would be a, a prime target, too, to to uh, go after us. Uh, Michael Drycorn, principal partner in the aviation security firm ASD Experts, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Right now, though, there's a new study out from UC San Diego, and it finds that cannabis-related visits to the ER by senior citizens in California jumped, ready for this, more than 1,800 percent. That was between 2005 and 2019. So we're going to try to find out why that happened. Dr. Michael Turani is a geriatric specialist with Brand New Day HMO in Westminster. He also sits on the Medical Review Board for U.S. News and World Report. Doc, thanks for being with
4: us. Thank you very much for having me.
2: So what's happening? Uh, the uh, the grand folks are just toking up too much? <laughs>
4: No, it's not that they're taking too much. It's that since it became legal for recreational use, more pe- more and more people have access to it now and so more people are using it. And when they use it because it's a recreational drug and not so much of a drug that's prescribed by a doctor, they don't put as much weight on it. So they think it's pretty benign and and naive. So they 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 use it for those um, they they use it for those purposes.
2: Should they go through like an entire bag of gummy bears?
4: I don't think that they that they overuse it. It's just that they use it. Whereas before, it wasn't. It was harder to access, or before it was not legal, so they, they did not have access to it. So now they're using it, and although they're using it at even recommended or suggested doses. Because they don't know the side effects of it, and they don't read about it before they use it because they feel it's a benign drug, it's over-the-counter, there must be no side effects. So they just they use it, and the thing is, just because it's over-the-counter or because it's recreational use and you don't need a prescription for it, it does not mean it does not come without
1: side effects. I I wonder if so, part I wonder if part of the increase here, the eighteen hundred percent, I wonder if some of that is due to the fact that it it, it is legal in many places now, uh, as in California, and so more people are maybe having some side effects they weren't expecting, and they're more willing to go to the doctor, go to the ER about it. Whereas before, it was like, well, it's illegal, I don't want to get in trouble, so I'm just going to suffer through this on my own.
4: You know, it's it's a good point you bring up. I think the reason, and and that can be a part of it. I personally think the reason for the rise is it's just more people are more people have access to it now. More people are using it now. Therefore, just more people are having um, the, the the side effects of it. The more because more people are using it, we're seeing more side effects. So, for example, let's just say just. Hypothetically, let's say there's a 5% chance of side effects on it. 5% of a thousand people is going to be much less than 5% of a hundred thousand users. So I think part of it is just it's more accessible. Therefore, more people are using it and, but not really looking into right. the potential side effects of it before how, using it.
2: How much is uh, is it also because uh, marijuana is more potent now than it was many years ago, right? So if if the grand folks uh, are thinking back to perhaps when they indulged many years ago, Woodstock uh, baby, yeah, do they not think you know <laughs> you know maybe they're not totally aware that that it does tend to be even if you buy it in a store. a a lot more potent than it was 30, 35 years ago. So they get themselves into trouble. Is that part of it?
4: That's part of it. And also, as we age, things slow down, including breaking down of the active ingredients of marijuana. And so whereas before, the same dose in you was, you know, for example, let's just hypothetically say 5 milligrams. Today, that same 5 milligram, if you're older, now acts as 10 milligrams because the body it slows body slows down as we age so the medication breaking down slows down too so it's almost as if you're taking double the dose than when you were taking it when you were younger
2: oh by, by the way what kind of you know we've been talking a lot about uh, symptoms that they go to the ER with what would the typical symptoms be that would get them to go to the ER
4: you know cannabis it's it's a psychoactive drug that slows down that slows you down right it's it calms you down it also calms down your reflexes and your attention It, it slows that down too so whereas your reflex whereas let's say an older person is about to trip and fall and their reflexes are strong and brisk it prevents if you're about to fall you usually, if your if your reflexes are strong, you can break the fall and not fall. Whereas, if your reflexes have been hushed down a little bit because of the marijuana, now you're about to trip and fall, and your reflexes are not strong enough, you're gonna fall. So, so or you're gonna break your fall.
2: We're gonna run out of time, so let me let me just be clear about this. Okay. So, are, are the 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 uh, grandparents who are going to the ER? Is it because they they're suffering? specific uh, uh, after effects or or side effects from the weed or is it that as you just pointed out because perhaps they're not as uh, attentive or they're not as agile they'll fall and they end up going to the ER because of an accident that was perhaps caused by that by it
4: it's more the yeah more the latter one it's I see. The, okay. it's the fall that they had that they could have probably not had had their um had their reflexes been strong they would not have a so falls. So falls is, is a common thing that we see, psychosis, delirium, getting paranoid, um, some of the side effects. Those are some of the other reasons we see people come to the hospital. But okay. more, it's the falling.
1: All right. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Michael uh, Tarani, geriatric uh, specialist, brand new day HMO in Westminster. Well, it's good to know they're not like totally freaking out. No, just... no. Having the paranoid delusions and yeah. what have you. A little bit later on,
2: lottery jackpots—they keep growing. If you've noticed, this latest Mega Millions prize—more than a billion dollars. We'll look into why they're getting so big, and we will also go behind the scenes of Wordle with the person in charge. This is the Wordle person. This is like this is like the Wordle person. I have things to say. Yeah, you can't go. We can't go any higher than that. (laughs) You know. Well. If you listen to our last segment, I guess you could. But, yeah. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can't you can hard. get higher. Can get higher, but but not with Wordle. Uh, right
1: okay. now, the Golden Globes return with its usual show, but did it put behind the controversy and allegations that plagued it in recent years? Clayton Davis, is Varieties Film Awards editor and co-host of the Take. Thank you so much for joining us. So did the uh, Golden Globes? Did the show succeed in uh, moving uh, past some of these uh, recent scandals?
5: Um, I would say that it moved well enough that it is still part of the award season ecosystem because it still is a stop on the way to the Oscars. I don't know if it did enough to save itself on NBC.
2: Ah, that's interesting. Why do you think perhaps not enough to save itself with NBC?
5: Well, award shows, and this isn't unique to the Golden Globes. This is all award shows are just seeing declines in ratings. Um, No one really knows how to reach this TikTok generation how do you get people to tune in and watch um at at, at a large amount now i think the answer is in front of us and part of that was announced early this morning the sag awards are going to be moving to netflix to a streaming partner and i think that would help a lot of those problems and also with the globes in particular it didn't help that it was on a tuesday and that was something that was out of their control they couldn't go any earlier because of uh football, and then this Sunday's the Critics' Choice Awards, so they kind of had their back against the wall in that regard.
1: What do you make of uh their efforts to
5: kind of correct some of the problems that were pointed out about it with diversity and and whatnot? It's a step in the right direction. I clearly say that's always uh it's good to see some effort. They're not all the way there yet um I also and this is coming from someone who makes their whole uh platform about diversity and about uh inclusion and then you know and loving awards every organization is not free from its own fair share of issues and obviously the globes had a large amount of them and they're working in that direction they're not there yet but you know there was an effort uh put in place yesterday to you know with with the refreshing hosts their winners were actually fairly spectacular and they've always had pretty great winners i just think what the key to their success has always been lean into the fact that you are a fun show you get people drunk they go on stage emma thompson holds her holds her shoes and she's a little you know slurry those are the moments that go viral and that make it memorable and i think it's okay to be that type of show don't try to be the oscars because that's not you so they need to get more drunk I would. I mean, listen. I think we saw a little bit, a little bit of that with Mike White last night. You know, (laughs) or or maybe high. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, listen. I think I. Those are moments that make great TV moments that you remember forever. You know, heartfelt shows are all, all, all great. And listen, we saw a lot of that yesterday. We saw Michelle Yeoh win Best Actress. You know, the second Asian woman ever to win that category. That that's a big moment. I'm gonna remember that forever. She also said, "I'm gonna." I can beat you up. And I remember that too. It's okay to be a little uh, off the cuff. Jennifer Coolidge. I don't, I, I have no data to back this up, but I'm pretty sure she dropped the most F bombs and curses <laughs> ever heard during an <laughs> awards acceptance speech. Even when you're not accepting an award, when she was presenting, those are moments that go on forever. All right. Very quickly. As far as the edge his factor goes, uh, what did you make of the host? I think Gerard was actually, I, I, I found him refreshing. I think, think he's different than what we're used to seeing from an uh an mc such as that he didn't pull back he didn't hold back i mean throwing out some tom cruise scientology jokes that right before you know presenting some top gun uh awards and and things i i, I do think it's, it's it's ballsy and i think you know he should be commended for that so i think it that all of it worked for the evening? I'm not sure. And I I would also like to say that we don't know what cracks the code of a good award show. Some people think it's a host. Some people think it's a nominee. Some people just think it's a special sauce. 25 years ago this year, highest rated Oscar telecasts in history. It was Titanic. We've been chasing that ever since, and we're trying to figure out how to get back there. Mm, All right, thank
1: you. Uh, Clayton Davis, uh, Variety's Film Awards editor and co-host of The Take. (laughs) You're listening to KX In-Depth with Rob Archer.
2: I'm Charles Feldman.
1: Lottery fever heating up across the country. As yet again, nobody won the Mega Millions jackpot last night. That was $1.1 billion. Friday's drawing set to hit $1.35 maybe even higher.
2: Yeah, and it could end up as the fourth largest jackpot in the entire history of the U.S., at least when it comes to lotteries. The largest was, you may remember this, more than $2 billion. That was in November and it was won by someone who bought a ticket in Altadena. Well, with us to try to explain why we've been seeing such large lottery jackpots, Victor Matheson is an economics professor at College of the Holy Cross. He researches gambling and lotteries. Victor, thanks for being with us. So, Well, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, I mean, it does seem like, like these lotteries, some of them are, are getting to the point where they're sort of like the gross national product of a small country. But why are they getting so big?
3: Well, they've very specifically been engineered to get these big lotteries. Uh, What's happened here in the last 10 years is the big two nationwide uh, uh, lotteries, Powerball and, of course, Mega Millions, that's the one with the big jackpot right now. Uh, Both of these have been redesigned over the last 10 years specifically to generate gigantic jackpots like the billion dollars we're seeing right now.
1: Now, how do you redesign it to do that if the numbers that are drawn are completely random?
3: Yeah. So there's three things they've done. So first of all, uh, both of these big lotteries finally became nationwide so that almost every state in the United States could participate in both of these lotteries. Uh, California was actually one of the big uh, last holdouts to join these uh, multi-state lotteries, which means there's about 300 million people nationwide to contribute to the jackpot, which means those jackpots can grow a lot faster. But the other big two things that happened is they increased the size uh, or the price of the tickets, From $1 to $2, that means those jackpots grow twice as quickly. And the other thing they did is they made it harder to win both of those games. Uh, Both of them have odds of about one in 300 million. Uh, That means those jackpots are more likely to roll over drawing to drawing with those high odds.
2: So, you know, everybody has what they think is their winning strategy they use numbers from you know their childhood they use their birthday they use you know whatever it is is there such a thing as being able to come up with a technique that makes you more likely to win than not
3: so it, it turns out that all the evidence suggests that all the numbers are completely randomly drawn and there's no uh, there's no set of numbers that's more likely than the other actually playing lucky numbers the only thing that does is it makes it more likely that uh, that you have to share that big jackpot should you win. Because remember, your lucky numbers are likely to be shared with lots of other people. Lots of uh, you know things like multiples of seven or eight or birthdays or things like that. These are the things that a lot of people share. So if you want to have the biggest chance of not having to share that billion dollars with someone else, uh, pick unusual numbers. Pick numbers that aren't birthdays, that aren't years, or that aren't like, You know, lucky numbers, uh, things with sevens or eights in them.
1: Uh, let's talk statistics and odds, because I think a lot of people think they understand odds, but we really don't. I know I'm in that category because I think I get it, but I don't really. Uh, so it takes mathematicians and people like Carl Sagan to figure this out. But let's say I get really lucky in a lottery and I win a million bucks and I take that million dollars and I buy a million lottery tickets in the next game. How much do I increase my chances of winning because I'm playing a million, let's say, and I, I, I pick the numbers at random?
3: So the the thing is, right, is that of all the things you can gamble on out there, the uh, lottery tickets are about the worst thing you can do Uh, because uh, for every $2 lottery ticket you buy, about a dollar, uh, only about a dollar goes back in prizes, right? So the other uh, dollar goes into, first of all, paying off retailers. So this is a good week uh, to be a 7-Eleven owner uh, or a Circle K owner because they're selling a lot of tickets and they're making about 10 cents a ticket. Uh, Other money goes into just organization of the lottery itself for for overhead. And then again, about uh, 70 or 80 cents of every dollar goes back to the state governments, And and that gets spent on education and parks and and other things like that. Uh, But again, only about half of that money goes back to people in terms of prizes, uh, which is far worse rate of return than anything like sports gambling, where about 90 cents of every ticket uh, of every dollar goes back to prizes. Blackjack might be as high as 95%. Uh, other uh, slot machines might be at about 90 to 95 cents on the dollar. And again, uh, lottery tickets are about 50 cents on the dollar. So this is the, uh, the worst of all gambles you can play. Of course, what's special here is there's no other gamble out there that could make you a billionaire overnight. It's not likely to happen. Uh, in fact, it's it's astronomically small, But but someone's going to win. And uh, it's it's the one sort of gamble that that can make you a billionaire uh, with just one single ticket.
2: So if I could convince everyone not to buy a lottery ticket except for me, would that change my odds?
3: So the only thing that that changes is that changes the fact that you would not have to share. You would be guaranteed, if you won, that you would be the only uh, winner out there. I'm okay with that. uh,
2: I'm okay with that. But but my yeah, odds of winning I mean, are still are still almost nil, right? Or maybe No, It's
3: one in a three hundred million chance of winning. Uh, so the only thing that happens there is is you don't have to share that to that ticket. So remember, I mean, you could get really unlucky, right? You could win the jackpot, but uh, you have to share it with someone else. So instead of uh, uh, you know one point three five billion. You only take home half of that, so that's about seven hundred million. Oh, that's terrible and
6: that's terrible. the cash
3: value. Cash that. value is only three hundred and fifty million of that, and taxes are gonna take home uh you know about a third of that. So you could, if you're really unlucky, yeah. only walk away with two hundred and twenty million.
2: You know, something. if that if that happened, I'd give it back. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <Not enough>. I'd, <laughs> Not no. I'd say a little bit of thoughts and prayers no. for that person who you know, might get that unlucky. So right? so
1: your odds are only infinitesimally slightly better. If you do buy a ticket, then if you don't. So so statistically speaking, you're as likely to win if you don't play as if you do.
3: Almost exactly the same odds. That <laughs> yeah, yeah. is true. But remember, $2, $2 is still a pretty small price to pay uh, to dream about what you would do if you became a billion.
1: Buy KNX. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you. That is uh, Victor Matheson, economics professor at College of the Holy Cross.
2: So, uh, Rob, I don't want you to buy a, a ticket, right? So that that way, if I win, I don't have to you share wouldn't it with have to. you.
1: But only if we played the same numbers. Well, that's true.
2: Yeah, I true. I
1: always do the random thing.
2: You do? Yeah. Okay. I I do it random too. I I do my birthday.
1: I will say that if if uh, if I won say millions of dollars, like say ten million or fifteen million, I would not give up my job. I would still do this because I enjoy doing it. But if I won a billion or two billion, I'm sorry. I love you guys, but come on.
2: You know it's it's really funny, uh, Rob, or amazing, maybe both. How many people when we started mentioning throughout the day that we're going to have? the wordle person mm-hmm. on people were like really excited i mean this mm-hmm. is like huge yeah i mean you know we couldn't have more excitement if we said that prince harry was going to be with us in the next five minutes is
1: prince harry going to be with us in the next five
2: no okay. because he's busy doing wordle <laughs> but if you do love wordle and many of you probably do and maybe you're playing it right now
1: well hopefully you're not playing it right now but
2: you know later. Uh, have you noticed any changes recently? Has it gotten maybe harder?
1: And a lot of people think it has. Yeah. And uh, you have someone to blame for that. <laughs> and she is with us now. Tracy Bennett is the Wordle editor for the New York Times. If you remember, the paper uh, bought Wordle from its creator early last year. And uh, I want to thank you for joining us. But I have to get something off my chest first. And I have to say this right at the top. Sure. Uh, I'm very angry and very upset at you and, and Wordle Uh-oh. because I hate it when you get those words and I got four letters, but there's one letter I'm yeah. off. But it's one of those words where one letter has six or seven different options, and you play a guessing game, and you run out. You got to stop. You Can't that.
6: get it in six guesses. Yeah,
1: you got to you got to stop that. Don't don't do <laughs> well, those kind of words anymore.
6: I am trying to space those out. I'm okay, not, so um, <laughs> intentionally putting them in there, but they do right. come up randomly.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> so have, have you be, before we get into a little bit more about what is and isn't um, perhaps changing with Wordle? Uh, have you noticed that you have become a sort of a celebrity?
6: Yes, and that was a surprise. I wasn't. I was not anticipating that to happen when I accepted the position.
2: But but how did you um, end up the sort of high priestess of Wordle?
6: Oh, well, I mean, I've been working at the, at the New York Times for two years, and when I was hired, I was um, told that I might get a new game. I don't think any of us realized then that the New York Times would acquire Wordle. So it just turned out that the next game that became available was Wordle, and I was in position to take the next game. So it's kind of luck it was being in the right place at the right time.
1: Some people say it is getting harder, is it? And why would it be getting harder? Are you running out of words?
6: There's really no way for it to get harder. I mean, I do randomly select, but these are still randomly selected from the set of words that Josh Wardle set up to run. So I haven't added any words. So there's no way that it could really be harder. I do think that it becomes harder week to week or easier week to week in a kind of random way. But that's always been the case.
2: Why do you think people are, I'm I'm looking for a better word than addicted, but I think that actually is the <laughs> word. There are people who are addicted to it. Why?
6: Well, it's a beautiful game. I mean, since 2020, when there were 90 people playing and then 2021, when there were 300,000 people playing, now tens of millions, that's basically the pandemic years. And I, I do think that people really gravitated to Wordle as a way to touch base with their family and friends on a daily basis on um, about something that's really fun and that doesn't take a lot of time to solve, but is challenging.
1: You know, a lot of people say they've come up with the perfect starting word that gives you the best chance of solving the puzzle yeah. quickly. Uh, is there a best starting word or is that just kind of like wishful thinking?
6: I think that it's good to start with words that can eliminate or just peg a lot of the vowels that are in the word. Um, so a lot of people do try to figure out all the vowels in the first two guesses and then they will use like "adieu," yeah. the French word for goodbye, or they'll use yeah. audio to do that. But I don't recommend that necessarily. I think whatever you enjoy, whatever Uh, word you like, you can use.
2: I'm curious, Tracy, when you're on vacation, perhaps, do you play Wordle? And are you any good at it?
6: I do play it. um, I have a better chance of getting it in one guess. (laughs) But um, I do actually forget because I plan six weeks in advance. I do forget, um, by the time 6 weeks comes by exactly
4: what i said. Oh,
2: so is that, that Oh, so i said, so you go and you you're doing it and you go, "Oh, wait, i know
1: this one."
4: Right? Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> exactly.
1: Now, there's there's not an unlimited number of five-letter words Correct. in the English language. So, is it possible at some point that you would run out of words? How long would that take and then what would you do if you do run out of words?
6: Well, the the original list that Josh Wardle and his partner Palak Shah set up has words that go through 2027. It's about 2,700 words total. And I think they selected most of the best accessible vocabulary that they could find. So I think that is our list. And then sometime past the halfway point, the midway point, we're going to need to kind of add the old list, the old words to the list and make sure that um, we change what it says on the website as far as like words only never having appeared or or something like that. So
2: So there's a finite, so unless you start recycling, there is a finite lifespan for this, unless you keep recycling, as I said.
6: Right. But I think when you recycle, I mean, it just keeps the game fresh because no one's going to remember what words played two or three years I
1: don't remember, like later in the afternoon, somebody (laughs) asked me, did you play Wordle this morning? Yes, I did. What was the word? I don't remember. (laughs) Do Do you even remember as you're doing it?
6: You I remember <laughs> as I'm doing it, but like not, yeah, even the next day, I can't remember from the day before. So. I I, I, I,
2: go ahead. bro. Oh, no, right. go ahead. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I mean, the throughout the, the years, there are all kinds of word games, obviously. Uh, why did this one, and I know you're talking about it, it, it gained in popularity because of the pandemic, and it was a way for people to have something to share without leaving their homes. But, of course, there are other things that they could have done as well. Right. Why this game? Uh, Is there a a sort of secret sauce that makes this so appealing that perhaps other word games lack?
6: I do think it's simple, but it's not easy. So it, it really appeals to vocabulary and language lovers that don't want to take the time to do a crossword puzzle, for example, or don't appreciate the challenge of a crossword puzzle, but do like to kind of flex their muscles their vocabulary muscles.
2: So so I'm, I'm curious, do you have like fights behind the scenes with the crossword editor at the New York Times and all that? Yeah. My, my word game is better than yours, that kind of thing.
6: <laughs> no, but I'm, we're all good friends, actually. We're on the same team and uh, we love all the games. I actually really love to play Spelling Bee. It's a little bit more challenging, but not like a crossword puzzle.
1: Now on the list, it's of fun. the master list of five-letter words you have, uh, was there an effort made to maybe take some of the really, really obscure words out and, and basically give us poor saps like uh, yours truly yes. or with a limited brain power, a chance to solve it?
6: Yes, I've done a few things. Um, I took out a couple of Latin words that I thought people might not know. I think actually one Latin word and one Greek word um the Latin word was C A P U T. I know it's like kaput is is like stop, but it's not that word. It's and the, the, word that's that the whole head.
2: And that Tracy is the whole thing I liked about it, was the Latin words.
6: Oh, okay. Right. No, no, <laughs> well kidding. I will keep <laughs> that in mind. And and very quickly,
1: and, uh can you give yeah. us a hint of what tomorrow's word is gonna be?
6: Uh, <laughs> actually I cannot. No. no <laughs> I, I actually don't remember. All
1: right. <laughs> so, all right. Thank you so much. Right. That is uh Tracy Bennett the wordle editor for the New York yeah, Times. Yeah, can't go any higher than you that. You can't go higher no, than not that. not at all. No. That's and uh, so if you get really angry and start pounding your head against your computer, that's the person to keep in mind. Don't, don't send her hate mail. No, 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 no. All right, that's it for KNX In Depth today. We'll be back tomorrow.